Welcome to the official Autodesk Inventor podcast. My name is Garen Gardner. I'm the technical marketing manager for Autodesk Inventor. Today is July 27th, actually July 7th, and this is episode number 25. So this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about skeleton modeling, how to set up skeleton modeling, uh, some of the aspects behind skeleton modeling, and then this is a a part one of a two-part series. We're going to talk a little bit about copying design, which will follow suit with the skeleton modeling. What we make today will carry on. So let's first jump into a basic sketch and see how we can set up some skeleton modeling. So here you'll notice that I have basically a frame. This is an outline of a frame and we want to be able to create some members all the way around here and have some associativity. So let's take a look. You'll notice that we have a sketch here and you'll notice that this sketch has certain dimensions locked down so I can only drag this from side to side. In fact, if I come in here and turn on the the dimensions you'll notice that it shows just the dimensions that are able to to be used here. We also have, let's turn those back, in fact before I turn them off, you'll notice that the one of the blog tips that I posted a couple weeks ago uh, where you can set up a dimension and basically reference it to a driven dimension to equal things out. I basically have an edge in here where I put an angular dimension from one edge to that bisecting edge and made it a driven dimension. I then added another dimension and basically linked it to that driven dimension. So now whenever I move this around you'll notice that the angle here is always equal one side to the other so it's bisecting that angular uh, edge. So here you'll notice that if I drag it clear over here or clear over here the reason I did that is I wanted uh, when I have the two tubes come together I want to be able to miter them at basically that bisecting angle. So there are some little tips that I set up to do something like that. And we'll turn those dimensions back off. So a couple of other things that we have here in setting this up. You'll notice that if I turn on a couple of work planes, that I have work planes that are basically normal to each of these edges. So I have a work plane that's normal to the, the top edge and the bottom edge on both the left and the right side. I've also created a let's turn on a couple of these sketches I've created a couple of sketches that we'll use that are basically going to start out we'll extrude it from this this plane to a plane up here or in this case we've created a surface that we're going to terminate to and let's see those surfaces so the reason that we did this how that bottom edge moves side to side uh, when we derive this a little bit later we want to make sure that uh, it terminates in the right location and if I do it to a plane sometimes it doesn't update like I would want it to. So in this case I've created an edge extruded mid-plane to create a surface and then the termination and, and the trimming works much better downstream. So with this let's take a look at let's just widen out my tools a little bit here. Uh, let's take a look at the next thing that we've got. You'll notice that I've created an extrusion basically. Let's just edit this and when you create a surface, we wanted to create a surface here. Normally, when you go into extrude, in fact, let's just go into the regular extrude dialog for a moment, you can extrude a solid or a surface. 
So let me step back a little bit. Uh, on the skeleton modeling, I kind of jumped in without explaining fully what a skeleton model is. Sorry about that. Um, a skeleton model allows us to create a sketch and then basically derive that into multiple parts and basically have everything associative based on that skeleton model. So, you know, something that we could achieve through adaptivity or setting up a bunch of global parameters and referencing them in, but this is sometimes an easier way to manage it and have it be more robust downstream. So you make large changes and you want everything to update correctly. So in this case, what we want to do is we're basically going to set up a still structure or a wood structure and we're going to create one skeleton sketch and have multiple surfaces and things in there reference that into individual part files so we'll have four, four, four part files that will be the two top edges and the two bottom edges and we want them all to be completely associative so I change that skeleton sketch and everything updates with it so you'll notice here that if I go into a regular extrude dialog I can extrude a solid or surfaces and everything that I'm doing in this skeleton sketch is a surface so I can say surface pick my profile and then in this case I can say extrude to a surface and it basically creates a surface that's going to extrude from that sketch to this plane so you'll see that I have that set up now the next one what I did is I actually came in and let's take a look at this bottom edge you'll notice that it's terminating at an angle there even though it's starting out at this particular sketch so one of the things that you can do when I extrude is I can say let's do a extrude surface and I can say from that under that that um, first sketch face or that surface of that first first extrusion to this surface and it'll actually terminate at both of those surfaces so if I look at this you can see that it's actually terminating right on that other face so it's a really nice way to be able to have a, uh, a profile in one area but actually not start until a particular plane or edge actually a plane or a work plane or a, a surface and then let's turn on that last one so basically that is my skeleton model you can see with all the surfaces and everything set up so once I've done that I want to be able to take advantage of that in individual part files so I'm going to close this, in fact, let's, uh, let's cancel that close. I'm going to go up to the top level, and what I've done is I've created a, an assembly. I've referenced in that skeleton model. Now, referencing in that skeleton model isn't necessary. Um, I'm, the reason that I'm referencing it in is at some point we're going to make the skeleton model adaptive, and we're going to change the, the underlying, that frame size, on, based on that skeleton model and have all the other derivative parts update as well so depending on how you do your your skeleton model you may not necessarily need to reference it into the main assembly but I usually do it anyway just so that I can make modifications to the skeleton model pretty easily without having to go off and open it up in its own window but uh, we have our skeleton model and basically for right now we're gonna turn it off I don't necessarily need to see it in here and I'm going to create a new component. Let's just do, uh, let's insert in a new component. We'll, we'll leave it as a part file. And we're going to put it at 0, 0 in a few moments. But let's come in and I'm going to return out of my sketch, go down to my, my derived component. So you'll notice that we can bring up my derived component. 
and I'm going to select that skeleton part. So you'll notice that if I go to, uh, let's take a look here to my skeleton part. And one of the things that it's going to do, it's going to ask me what I want to bring in. I don't necessarily care to bring in the parameters or really much else, but I want all the sketches. I want my work geometry. And the work geometry isn't really so necessary, so maybe we'll leave that off. But I do want to bring in all the surfaces. So once we do that, let's accept that. You'll notice that it has all of the the sketch information, which again is not really that necessary to me. But it's got all, in fact, you know what, I do need the work, uh, I do need those work features. So let's go back in here and edit this. And the reason why I need those is we need them as termination for, uh, we're going to create a sculpt and we're going to use those to make solid bodies out of each of these components. So now what this allows me to do, we've created all the sketches and, and surfaces in, this, in the skeleton. Now we're actually going to come in and use my sculpt tool. And this is an interesting way to use sculpt, something that you may not really use very often. But I'm going to use that top surface, the work plane, and this other work surface to create a watertight solid body. So basically it's just looking at the extents of everything to see if it can do a solid fill. And if it can, it closes everything up and we make a solid body. So we've created a, a solid part there. So let's turn all the other work surfaces off. And once we have that, let's turn the visibility of those off. I'm also going to move that to the 0, 0, 0. So I can just right click on the part, go to properties, and then under occurrences, we can just do 0, 0, 0, and move it right over to my origin. And let's ground it down. Grounding it is necessary so it doesn't move. Since everything is based off of that skeleton model, Everything can be tied to the origin, and then basically that skeleton updates and everything grows or shrinks, but it can be nailed down to the origin. Sometimes I'll create constraints from origin XY to origin XY. Sometimes I just move it to the origin and lock it down. In this case, where we're going to make it adaptive later, it's probably not a bad idea to add constraints so that it doesn't move around, but it's, it'll be fine for right now. So the next thing that we want to do, we're going to do it one more time. So we're going to insert in another part file. We're going to reference, we're going to use my derived uh, technique again. Do much the same thing. We want the, we don't necessarily need the sketches. We want the work geometry and surfaces. I'm going to use my sculpt tool again. And this time I'm going to select the bottom edge because we want to make this a solid body. But to close it off, I either need a, an individual surface or you'll notice this, this whole uh, upper body I can use. And then I'm also going to come over and select this surface. So it's looking for watertight so it can close itself off on this surface and the bottom of this surface. And it creates a watertight surface. And then again, I don't necessarily need all the other geometry there. So let's just turn it off. So we'll do something like that. And then from here, we also want to move that to the origin. So I'll just right click, go to properties, occurrences, 0, 0, 0. And you'll notice here that it locks everything up pretty tight. And if I wanted, we could change colors here. So we have something like a blue flat, real ugly colors. But we'll do blue flat and something like a 
uh, let's move up to aluminum flat. So you can see that those are two unique parts and I could give them different properties, different information. Let's turn on the skeleton so we can see that it's exactly in the right location. We'll make sure that those parts are grounded down. So the reason that we set this up this way is now if I come into that skeleton model, let's come in here for a moment and I'm just going to grab that point and maybe drag it over here. So let's say that drags clear over to that point, we return up, everything gets updated and you'll notice that the skeleton model updated based on that part. If we come back in here and drag that, let's make sure that we grab just that point. Not sure we got the right part there, so we'll make sure we have the skeleton. And let's just look at the side view, it'll help us get that a little better. And drag that over to the other side when I return up. Now that part is updated. So it's a very quick way to make changes without breaking constraints or having problems. So it's a, it's a very robust way to actually set up your design and be able to, to make just a, a quick dimensional change and have everything update. So we could have gone and put the other two components in there and I could just stretch and, and move things and it would all update. So the, the sculpt tool is very beneficial for this and also creating a skeleton body with multiple surfaces and then being able to just select kind of a watertight area to fill it in with solid, solid information. So we're almost done here. Now that we have this complete, I'm going to go over to an assembly that I've got set up. So you can see that we have one very similar to what we've talked about. In fact, let me, let me just close out. Let's make sure we have the right thing here. So we're going to keep that one. We'll close out of the one that we just created. And in this, in fact, let's go back to that truss. And I'm just going to line that up so it's right in the center. And then we'll close it out. We don't necessarily need it. So you can see that it's all lined up. And one of the reasons that we've done this is we now have this wavy spline that we want to tie this point to a work point here and we may have five or ten of these trusses following this spline and we want that bottom edge to kind of follow suit with it. So one of the things that we can do here is I'm going to take this truss and I'm going to make that skeleton model. Now remember that uh, if we look at this sketch you'll notice that sketch one is adaptive and right now we have the degree of freedom so I can just drag that side to side so we it's it's not locked down it can actually move and we also want to come in and make that skeleton adaptive and when we do that it'll also allow us to make this truss adaptive. So with that set up I'm going to come in and add a constraint and we're just going to say let's snap the center of that, that point, to this work point over here. So I've cre basically created a spline, put a point, patterned the point along the spline at different intervals and then I can constrain this over to it and you'll notice that it just adjusted everything over to where it's all in place. Now I, right now I have this as a representation that I've preset up. We'll just go to full so we can see it put the solid body in there. That one that we just created basically it's showing it all the way around. 
So this is, again, just a really quick and easy way for me to set that up. I could create, then I could do a copy design of this and have it show up in multiple places and show up with that, that point in different locations. So I'd have multiple uh, copies of this subassembly referenced multiple times and then I'd be able to, to make it adaptive. So this is one way where you can use skeleton modeling and, and you know, set up some nice, uh, some nice surfaces and have everything tie together. So with that, as I mentioned, this is part one of a two-part series. So take a look in a couple weeks, come and see how we do a copy design of this, and uh, we'll wrap it up. So with that, hopefully you enjoyed episode number 25, and we'll catch you next time. Over and out.